Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live, Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, can I extend an invitation to you? Uh, it's to download an app, uh, the KSL News Radio app. It's powered by Any Hour Services. The, the reason I make that invitation to you right now is uh, that last conversation before the break, uh, it, w- it was, at least for me, a very special conversation. Congressman Bishop is uh, now less than 100 days before the culmination of his congressional career. And, uh, you know, agree with his politics or not, uh, to have served in Congress as long as he has uh, is uh, is a pretty big deal. And he today, uh, quite literally right now as we speak, is cleaning out his office. Uh, I know there's 100 days left uh, in, in in this Congress, and so he has plenty of work yet to do. But uh, one of the behind-the-scenes details uh, of being a member of Congress is uh, that if you are retiring or if you have uh, lost your election, uh, you got to vacate the office uh, well ahead of the end of Congress. That's to make way for the, the newly uh, sworn-in members come January 3rd. And so he right now is engaging in the process of uh, packing up the mementos and artifacts he's collected uh, over the, the many, many years he served Utah's first congressional district as a member of the House of Representatives. So uh, if you could go back and listen to that, he, he learned some interesting lessons and shares them. Uh, you can hear that in podcast form on the KSL News Radio app, again, powered by Any Hour Services. We have uh, just one final segment today in this episode of the program. And as you know, as we have been discussing at length here on this radio station for the entire month of September, it uh, is Suicide Awareness Month. And uh, we had a conversation last week, if you remember, with Congressman Chris Stewart. That was after uh, the House of Representatives unanimously uh, passed his piece of legislation, which now uh, makes it, uh, you know, pending a signature from the president, uh, a three-digit a three-digit suicide prevention hotline, uh, and uh, in some time from now, nine eight eight. Not yet live, uh, but it's coming. It's coming. And so we had as a guest uh, Congressman Stewart to explain uh, what that number means, how we went about it, and also one interesting uh, reality about Utah. Utah does a fantastic job on this. I mean, so much so that other states often will direct their calls to Utah call centers. And it's some of our uh, local elected officials who were the kind of the geniuses and the genesis behind this. They, they're the ones who uh, helped me in first conceiving of this idea. So once again, Utah leads the way, uh, and we're grateful for some of the local leadership that's been so helpful for us. Now you have to ask yourself, why is it that Utah is so strong in this area? And because uh, the unfortunate reality that here in the state of Utah, we have a disproportionately high number of suicides committed among uh, among our population. Uh, we uh, need to tackle this 
this reality uh, with all of our efforts. It is a heartbreaking thing, uh, and it is a, a heartbreaking reality. And I was uh, looking over some social media postings uh, here for the program, uh, and last week when we spoke to Representative Stewart, uh, we wanted you know to, to share the information that we had gathered here on the program. And so there is a link to that conversation. And in the comments section, uh, an interesting exchange uh, took place, and you may have heard this: that uh, you know, when you hear about the high rate of suicide here in the state of Utah, uh, many are very quick to blame uh, religion and the pressures that may come uh, from adhering to a, a certain uh, religion. And well, I saw a reply to a claim along those lines by one of Utah's representatives, uh, a member of Utah's House of Representative, uh, Steve Elison. And uh, he starts out by saying, I work in suicide prevention, and then goes on to explain the realities uh, about the relationship between faith and suicide and some of the other uh, realities that we are encountering here in the state of Utah. So uh, joining me now is Representative Elison. Representative, sir, how are you? Great. Thank you uh, for having me on today. Well, th- thank you for, for speaking out there in the comments section, and thank you for joining us here, and more importantly, uh, thank you for the work that you do in suicide prevention. The claim was uh, that that faith uh, here in the state of Utah is a, a large uh, reason for much of the suicide. You refute that. Uh, why is that? Well, um, you know, I'm glad that people are talking more openly about suicide prevention, but it's important that we, when we talk, that we talk the facts and don't, uh, you know, interject opinions into things. So it's true that Utah ranks in the top 10 states for death by suicide, but Utah is very similar to our neighboring western states. These high rates are an issue in the entire Rocky Mountain region, including Alaska, and there's some very similar underlying trends why that's the case. Um, But the facts are that if an individual is involved with a faith community, um, regardless of what that faith community is, if they're actively engaged in that, that is a very large protective factor from suicide. And we see the rates among people who are active in, in, in a faith of their choice uh, are actually quite uh, lower, much lower than the rest of the general population, the general the population in general, and particularly for those that are not involved in a faith. Fascinating. Talk to me more about what are those underlying problems, the ones that are seem to be unique to, say, the Intermountain West uh, and also Alaska? Yeah, so uh, one of the factors is um, it's not that people that live in these states— uh, have a higher rate of mental illness or are more suicidal. It's just that we own a lot more firearms, and when somebody uses a, a firearm to attempt suicide versus another method, they're just more likely to die. And what we know is that um, a suicidal crisis is often very short but intense in duration. And if somebody has access to a firearm, uh, particularly youth, um, during that that period, they're probably going to die. And that's why we focus so heavily on educating parents and the public in general about the the, the critical nature of locking up firearms so youth can't get access to them when they're in that 10 to 15 minute uh, period where they're, you know, maybe very stressed out and in in that moment of crisis, because it makes a difference usually if they live or die. 
there are other factors. Uh, elevation can play a role. That's been proven. Lack of access to mental health resources in our uh, kind of spread out nature here in the West. Um, so th there's different factors, but uh, none of the experts that I know, and I've worked with a lot of them for many years, uh, cite religion as being an under underlying factor. Fascinating. That, if I'm honest, that is a, uh, a myth that I have heard repeated uh, countless times. And to hear from you, uh, again, Representative Steve Ellison speaking to us on the phone, uh, professionally works uh, with suicide prevention uh, and is dispelling this myth, sharing some of what are the actual underlying issues that lead to suicide. And Utah's unfortunate ranking uh, pretty high on the, the list of uh, states where suicide is disproportionately uh, prevalent. Uh, lastly, before I go, we have about 60 seconds. Give a few warning signs families can look out for. Uh, certainly. Somebody who's had a, a major event in their life, such as a, a relationship breakup or divorce or loss of a job, uh, changes in sleep habits, uh, talking about that, you know, they're, they, they, the world would be better off without them, um, looking to obtain, you know, a firearm, heavy use of alcohol, those can all be warning signs. And the best thing to do when somebody sees those is just to ask somebody directly and say, hey, I've noticed these changes. I'm concerned about you. Have you thought about, uh, you know, hurting yourself or uh, attempting suicide? And the experts tell us it's, just, it's safe to answer that question. If they, if they answer yes, you can call the crisis line together, 1-800-273-TALK and help get them into resources that can, can get them the help they need. Representative Ellison, thank you so much for your time and the work that you do, not only in the legislature, but uh, especially today uh, in the arena of suicide prevention. You're doing noble work, uh, life-saving work. Thanks again. Thank you. All righty. Again, you heard uh, the representative there share the National Suicide Prevention uh, Lifeline. I'll share it again now. It is 800-273-8255, 273 talk the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's it for today's episode. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Time now, of course, for me to step aside and make way for Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News today, brought to you by the great Maria Chaleos. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.